welcome back to another episode of Mixtape Book Club. Uh, today, my guest is the young Pakistani author, Awais Khan. Uh, he has published two books, and today we will be talking about uh, his ge generic uh, journey of becoming an author and also his uh, latest book, which is No Honor. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Awais. Uh, thank you so much, Fatma. It's so nice to be here today, and thank you for having me. Um, I'll start with the typical question. Uh, how and when did you decide that uh, this is what you wanted to do as a profession? Well, uh, the thing is that uh, when you're younger, you think that maybe this is a profession that you can do exclusively. But uh, you realize later on that that's not possible. So um, the thing is about making time for it. So I think it was uh, back when I was uh, after my master's actually that I really decided that, okay, fine, I'm going to take this career path or whatever I'm going to be doing in my life, but I also want to write. So I'm going to find out time. I'm going to uh, sort of find time to write and I'm going to keep it as an alternate career path. And one day maybe doing really well, I can make it my primary career path. So I think uh, the, the seeds for this would, were probably sown when I was very little as a reader. I mean, I used to read a lot of books, but I never thought I'd be a writer as such. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just a gradual process as you grow older. So yeah. would you like to share, obviously now, if uh, if it's an alternative uh, career for you, and I think for most of the authors around the world, uh, except for a few exceptions, uh, they do it with a, this is considered still a side hustle sort of a thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you want to like to share what, what, if you can say what your day job is, Oh yeah, so I basically uh, I I am in. <laughs> it's a very weird one, uh, considering you know I'm known as a, a writer, but uh, but yeah, mostly it's real estate. But uh, I also teach. Uh, uh, so that's another. I have two side hustles. So yeah, so I I am the founding director of the Writing Institute as well, which uh, basically um, I teach creative writing to people all over the world now. But it started off with just Pakistan initially. So these are basically affordable courses, but high quality ones that uh, uh, people who might not be able to afford those super expensive courses in the UK can take one of these. So that's what I do. Uh, that's what I really like to do. And that's what I do to help people out as well. And uh, and yeah, so the, these are the kind of things I do. And then I write as well. So, yeah. uh, if so, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, can you share if somebody wants to, uh, you know, join your course? How can they reach out to you? Uh, is there like specific cycles, or are they happening around the year? Well, uh, it really it uh, actually happens around the year now. It depends on my availability because I feel that creative writing uh, I teach it all exclusively because uh, I believe that uh, that is the only way I can retain the quality I want. Mm -hmm. So my groups are very small, but uh, I do try to run as many uh, batches as I can. But, uh, but anyone who wants to take my course can easily get in touch with the Writing Institute. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's the same, the Writing Institute. Mm -hmm. On Twitter, I think you can't really have that big of a yeah. handle. So it's called the Writing INST or something like that. But but otherwise, it's the Writing Institute on Instagram where you can get in touch very easily or on Facebook. So uh, our courses are like for uh, 14,900 for a five, six week course. And uh, uh, so we do early bird discounts as well. So if you register very early, you can get you can get registered for 10,900. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty affordable. 
that, that's I think very helpful for a lot of uh, you know budding writers because I don't think isi ki courses I think are quite helpful in Pakistan because formally to abhi tak itna wo course ya degree type jo I don't think you could be effective here with the you know current global trends. Um, so just share. Um, you have obviously said that you know you were a reader and obviously uh, again uh, and I. I have a firm belief in this that you can't be a good writer if you are not a reader. Uh, so how was the journey? Obviously, the first time you published, how just share how was that experience? What hurdles see as a Pakistani author that you faced? Um, hurdles he literally was <laughs> as a Pakistani author. I mean, that's the uh, if you're a Pakistani author, then uh, anyone who's watching this, anyone who will watch it later on, they will know how hard it is, how difficult it is. I mean. I'm not discounting the hardships of uh, writers abroad in the West. It is difficult everywhere to get published. It's difficult to get noticed. But for Pakistanis, it's much, much more difficult because for first thing, we don't have an uh, we don't have educational programs in creative writing. It's fine. You can just learn to write by reading and all of that. That's fine. Okay. Some people don't take these kind of uh, training thing, uh, tra- courses or whatever. Uh, we can put that aside for a moment. But uh, in addition to that, we don't have that culture. So that is a very big problem in Pakistan that parents in general don't want their children to become writers because they sense it from from the start that this is a career that will not give them any sort of financial security. So they will actively stop their kids from writing. And because of that, they will also stop them from reading. I mean, that trend is now changing. A lot of young parents are now starting to take their children to bookshops and they they always have been, but still it's too little uh, and thirdly, we don't have any literary agents in Pakistan. We only had a chance with India back when there was no ban. A mm. lot of Indian publishers were publishing Pakistani authors. So we had that uh, platform at least. But after the trade ban, that's also vanished. So Pakistan, being a Pakistani author is literally being very alone. Um, for me, uh, I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was lucky. I mean, even then it was very hard. But uh, uh, I initially worked with an editor. Uh, very extensive. I first took the six-month writing course with Faber Academy, which really t- changed my life. Then I went ahead and took the three-month editing course with them as well. After that, I found an editor that I worked with for a couple of years, on, uh, and then I worked on my book and all of that. And after that, uh, I started submitting to agents, rejection after rejection, even after all that work. I got rejected by, I think, 60, 70 agents, I think. So, um, but then there was Annette Crossland. I mean, I did come very close. Uh, five or six of them uh, asked for the full manuscript, but Annette Crossland was the first one to offer me representation and I just pounced on it. I didn't look back. I didn't think, and I just went ahead. And even after signing up with Annette uh, in 2017, it took two years for uh, for me to get a deal. And it was not because uh, there was something wrong with the book as such. It, it was just because as a Pakistani, a lot of publishers didn't uh, couldn't see whether there would be a market for my book at all. So uh, that it got it kept on getting turned down by publishers because they were like, we don't know where to place this, we don't know how to publish this. So you see, the hurdles are everywhere. Every uh, you you'll find them everywhere. So they don't really end. And uh, even then, uh, it was with a small publisher in the UK, but then we got a good deal with uh, Simon & Schuster in uh, in, uh, South Asia. Uh, Like I said, Mm -hmm. that India used to be a very good option Mm -hmm. for Pakistani authors, but now that's gone. So, uh, so yeah, so that was my journey. Yeah, I agree. There's, I think there's a, again, there's a huge issue, but I think there's a huge potential, but I 
unfortunately um, as a reader myself i don't see anybody any uh, you know a, a holistic sort of effort on any at any level to actually fill in that gap and you know pick it up jab jo india ka ban tha start mein everybody was like you know this could be an opportunity for local industry to you know you know yeah. get their yeah. act together but unfortunately uh, that didn't happen and i also think that libraries play a key role uh, i always tell oh, that yeah. you know my uh, sort of uh, british council was sort of my daycare my mother was a doctor she used to teach at fatma janna medical college and when a time came first i used to like get books on her card and then i you know was like i was really really excited when i was able to get my own card so i think that is also um, a lagging factor um oh, hopefully yeah. we can only hope uh, you know that things get better um i know moving on uh, you talked about you know the fact that you uh, were able to finally after all these hurdles get published um uh, with somebody in the uk uh usually i i've seen that you know uh, globally because again because our own local marketing is not at the par at which it should be um our authors are at times usually you know boxed into very specific genres or categories that you know this uh pakistani authors will write only specifically about this thing and only this sort of story can can connect um usma aslam khan who is also a pakistani american writer she said that at a few times she got rejected uh specifically saying that they didn't see a very typical pakistani women character in her book so they didn't really feel comfortable publishing her so in your experience or from your own perspective do you see that you have been boxed or do you feel that you know whatever you're writing you, the writing you do uh it has a specific audience or specific genre that is categorized under um yeah that is a very interesting observation actually yes uh, pakistani authors are boxed into uh, uh, specific storylines because that's what the west believes pakistan is like but i do think that uh, things are changing and i have to uh, i have to commend my own publishers uh, especially orenda books now uh, they have never asked me to follow a specific plot or specific storyline they have uh, they like my work they like my writing they went ahead and published it and for my second book i have never been told by my publisher to write in a certain way or to write about a certain storyline she said go ahead and write the best story that you can and i'll we'll publish it because she trusts me and she has that faith in me and uh, so that's i i think i'm very lucky in that regard and uh, even within the company of strangers it was my idea it was all my uh, i wrote that book obviously and uh, i mean the the publishers uh, in the uk in south asia they all responded well to it and when they published it the readers also responded well to it but so i do think that it the problem exists so it might be with very big publishers who are investing a lot of money into the book that might be a case that they might want it to be in a they might want to pigeonhole into pigeonhole it into a certain category but for the most part i think things are changing in uk publishing i don't know about the us because i don't have that experience but i do think that the uk is changing and it could be the uh, due to the fact that there are almost 3 million south asians in the uk today so they want to tap into that market now so yeah um moving on to uh, your book this is your second book no honor and um, you i have read both your books you while your first book also touched upon some issues and it also had uh, while it was a very light read compared uh, to no honor comparatively i think it was in the company of strangers was a very light read 
but in the no honor you cover a very hardcore uh, social issue that we have in pa- in the region in pakistan uh, which is that of as the name says honor killing um so obviously our news is filled on and off it's no longer i think that um that illusion that you know it happens in only specific uh, segments of our society because of xyz reasons that has also shattered recently with the sort of news we saw last year um but what made you decide uh, to cover this topic in your book and give it like and because uh, i won't be ruining the plot for anybody we won't going to uh, into the details of what happened because a uh we'll just stick to the you know the overarching theme of it uh when did you decide that and did you like uh, other than obviously we know from as i said before from our news that this happens uh did you do any specific research around the subject uh yes i mean before i uh, answer my question this is what the book looks like so if you want you can just go ahead and buy it um yeah uh, with no honor the thing is that uh, it all started with the uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Kandil Baloch. So I, 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 the idea was in my head, obviously. But when I saw that someone as popular as Kandil Baloch was murdered in cold blood, and then the world forgot about it and just went on as usual, I was like, you know, if someone with that kind of influence doesn't stand a chance, then God knows what's happening in our rural areas to women. So that uh, I think propelled me to do some research. Uh, I. Uh, i am my my mother's from multan so i did go to multan and i did uh, some research i met some people through uh, people i knew so in rural areas i spent some time there and that's when i realized uh, so then you know when you go with someone that they trust so they'll tell you their stories so that's how i sort of started getting some stories and insights into life in rural pakistan and that's where i realized that you know these this kind of thing is more prevalent than we can even imagine because a lot of it gets swept under the rug a lot of people don't even report these things because of all the shame to the family and this and that so uh, all of a lot of this stuff uh, get goes unchecked in, in in rural areas and also the fact that there is such a fear of the police because the police in general is so corrupt in pakistan so a lot of people don't even can't even imagine approaching the police so if you're not going to log in the case with the police then there's no way that case would be ever be documented so we might be looking at literally the tip of the the, the the figures that we see in these reports they might just be the tip of the iceberg because who knows what's going on in pakistan uh so so yeah so that's what uh, inspired me to uh, research this a little more and uh, and because of the fact that i was able to talk to people and do some research and everything i was able to create a world that was uh, convincing enough for readers so hopefully i i succeeded in that hopefully yeah, yeah. Uh, you you sure did um given uh, as i said that uh, from your two books uh, this is a much heavier read compared uh, comparatively mm-hmm. uh, given the subject and all how difficult or how uh, emotionally taxing was it writing <laughs> and because and uh, again as we said we won't be giving any spoilers but while it covers an issue there is a the protagonist ends up becoming a hero and again when the best part of this book i think was that with when you start reading it uh, in the middle of it you are like can this person get a break uh, but finally that person does get a break and you know things do settle in so yes it ended on a uh, while it did end on a positive note uh, how was it uh, because how uh, i would also like to ask within this question 
that when you're writing characters, because you already shared, and I'm uh, so I'm assuming that you you were inspired by a situation, a plot line, and then the characters came in. So how emotionally attached do you get to your characters? And so just share about that and a bit about your writing process. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I believe that when you're writing something, the characters take over. So the characters basically determine what's going to happen and the writer sort of takes a backseat. And that's what happens with me all the time. And that is why, why I always emphasize that write, the writer and the character are not the same person. So when the character is taking over, then they're taking over. It's their thoughts, their feelings, their actions, and the writer has nothing to do with it. So I feel the same when I'm writing. I feel, uh, sometimes I feel very connected to the character and sometimes it can be very disturbing to write something and all. But sometimes I do feel a bit of a disconnect. I'm like, this is the character doing it and I just let them do whatever they want. So it's kind of like a tumultuous relationship with uh, when I'm writing something. So it's hard to describe, but, uh, but I do know this, that uh, characters uh, do take over when you're writing. And that is why sometimes it's hard to let go as well because when you finish writing you're like you feel okay i don't think i've done justice to this character i don't think i've done enough and then you go back and then you edit it and then there's there comes a point when you have to realize the fact that there is nothing more you can do now and you have to give it uh give as uh, your editor or your publisher a chance to make some improvements or offer some sort of uh you know advice or whatever so that i think is a little hard getting to that point where you realize that there's nothing more i can do but uh, while I'm writing, yes, there are, there are parts where I will be, with which I'm very disturbed writing. Uh, but there are parts that make me happy as well as, and I feel that something like this will at least uh, create some meaningful social change in Pakistan or something like that. So yeah, it's a bit of a, like I said, a, it's not a very smooth relationship or smooth ride. It's a very bumpy ride when you're writing. So, yeah. um, so uh, you mentioned uh, editing and also in the start, you mentioned that you took an editing course. Uh, editing your own work, uh, in my even my experience in simply writing articles at times it's really hard to you know go back read it and edit it so how how are you with that editing process because i think that's the uh, in this entire uh, thing that's the most painful part of it when somebody else does it that's a that's painful enough but when you do it yourself how how is that are you a good self editor or you don't like it um I don't, I, I feel that as uh, for my own work, I'm not a very good editor for my own stuff because I will sometimes overlook a lot of stuff which I will feel is important, but it actually isn't. I think that's something a lot of writers suffer from that we uh, give undue importance to our work and we're not looking at it objectively. And that is why I really, really believe in the fact that someone else should read your work and offer you meaning, meaningful critical feedback uh, I I am a good line editor. I think I can I can figure out mistakes in grammar, plot, and no no sorry not plot. I I can figure out mistakes in sentence structure, grammar, and all of that stuff, and I can do a good proofread. But I do feel that with structural uh, stuff, I'm not that good with my own work. I can do good structural edits for people like my students or other people, but I'm not really good at that myself. So I do rely on someone I do trust uh, as an editor. I do rely on their feedback. And that really helps. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how good editors are. If they're a, if it's a good editor, they're worth their weight in gold, in diamonds, literally. So I can, I, I mean, I they're 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 ex, they're amazing people, editors. So yeah. Uh, so um, my last question before I open it for Arij to ask her uh, 
questions or have some thoughts that she wants to share. Uh, you are social media. You have been putting out teasers that another book is coming out. So can we get some more details on it? When can we expect it? What, what should we be looking out for? Well, yes, uh, I am working on the third book with, uh, it's, uh, it's again with Orenda Books. I, it's going to be published in uh, sometime next year. I can't, I don't know the exact month actually, but hopefully it will be in the first half of the year. So I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm just about um, halfway, more than halfway through the book and it should be ready in a couple of months at, uh, at most. And uh, well, it's, it's, it's very different from No Honor and it's very different from In the Company of Strangers as well because this is my first book that's not entirely set, sorry, set in Pakistan. So it's set between uh, Pakistan and the UK. So that's why it was a bit of a challenge because it really, really, um, but it, a challenge, but a good one because it made me, it, it helped me use my experience in the UK in my books, which I really wanted to do at some point. So I'm glad that I had a plot in mind, a storyline in mind where I could use that experience as well. Of, uh, of Pakistani being in the UK. What is that like? And I mean, I won't go into a lot of details, but uh, it does tackle some important themes, important issues as most of my book, as my books always do. But uh, hopefully it should be a good read. And I am, uh, I can't wait for it to be out because I've been working on it for a very long time. So here's hoping. Best of luck. Uh, I'll open this conversation for Reach to just join in and ask the question or if you have Thank any you, comments. Reed. Hello to both of you. It was a wonderful chat. And one thing that I really wanted to share about my experience with the Writing Institute, um, I, I got married, I had children, and I forgot everything about, you know, reading and writing. I just grew so distant from the books and everything. And I just randomly saw this page one day on Facebook, you know, that there's this Writing Institute and they're having some courses and I thought oh okay I should have some pastime and I should connect with people who are readers and I just went there randomly to make some new friends maybe and my world changed after that literally changed after it I got back to reading I reconnected with the writer and myself and after like nine years of leaving my studies I'm back to academics as well I'm doing my MPhil now and I do owe it all to AVS and the Writing Institute because, you know, I had disconnected completely from my writer and reader self within me. Well, and I've funny. read both of his books as well, and I find them excellent. You can see No Honor on my shelf as well, I think, <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, yes, I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was, uh, uh, you know, when you two were talking about how, uh, you know, the UK, they, they, they do think that Pakistani writers should be writing in a particular manner about uh, Pakistan, about Pakistani characters. Do you think that uh, your writing or, you know, all the other Pakistani writers, they can write uh, something which is out of the box and it can, you know, in the future term, it can change the perception of the West they have about us Pakistanis because people over there who have never visited Pakistan, who have not met Pakistanis, they do think that Pakistan is not, uh, you know, 
it's 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 not modern to say there there is no room for liberalism over there, and they have a certain perspective about Pakistan. So, do you think that your books and uh, other Pakistani authors can change that perception? Um, of course. I mean, first of all, thank you so much, Arish, for your wonderful words, and I'm so glad that I've been able to make any impact at all uh, in someone's life. Uh, but uh, I mean, if you haven't already, you must check out Arija's reviews, and she she writes wonderful reviews now, and she reviews them for publications and all of that. So that's really amazing, and I'm glad that uh, it's it's so good that anyone uh, that I've been able to impact anyone's life in in Pakistan. So I will take that as a major win for myself, and uh, and thank you. It's been it's been great to have you as a student, and now of course as a friend as well. So it's a very uh, it's a huge privilege, and to answer your question, I yes, I do feel that uh, we are in a position to. Uh, I mean, especially the popular Pakistani uh, writers are definitely in a position to change the perception of Pakistan. I mean, look at how well Miss Marvel is being received. I mean, it's it's uh, it shows Pakistan in a very. I don't know. I haven't seen it all. I I only saw the Karachi episode because I was very interested in watching that. I was like, I want to see how they portrayed Karachi. So I really liked how they, uh, even though they didn't shoot in Karachi, uh, they did, I think, send a team to get those aerial shots and everything. So I, I think that they did do well with that. So I, I was very happy to see that. But uh, so, yeah, I, I think the same thing can be done in literature as well. Why not? And uh, um, I, I, that's what I tried to do within the company of strangers. I mean, at least to show that there is there are people uh, who are concerned with shopping and this and that parties, that Pakistan is not just about what the West thinks it's about. So that was my little uh, contribution to that. But also, I feel that with this book that is just coming up, uh, you will find that it's a little much different from what I usually write. And hopefully this should open people's eyes a little more about Pakistanis. So so yeah, here's hoping. And yeah, but writers definitely have that power if they have, if they're popular enough. If they're not popular enough, like for example, then maybe they might be forced into or pressured into writing for uh, writing a specific storyline or something. So yeah, that's the thing. You just mentioned that uh, your third book is going to be different from what you usually write. But I would like to add over here that the two books that I've read, they are so different from each other. So I cannot pinpoint uh, the type of pattern or the type of writing that you have. Both of them are so different and so distinct from each other. <laughs> and I'm sure the third one is going to be different as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reese. Thank you. Yes, that, that's that's what I, I'm hoping for, that hopefully this will do even better than No Honor. And uh, yeah, that's the that's dream, actually. So yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time. And I would just like to add that, as Wes said, you know, that, you know, through, I think, cultural, uh, through cultural aspects, we can actually break those stereotypes. You mentioned Miss Marvel. And I think this season's Coke Studio did a hell of a job with Ooh. that. You know, we are song the songs have been like trending globally, still are. Uh, so yeah, I think hopefully uh, stepwise, it's going to be a slow process uh, and maybe not even in our lifetimes, but hopefully someday uh, stereotypes, we can, the typical ones at least we can break down, but I don't think um, stereotypes is a very sort of a complex sort of uh, entity in itself. Uh, thank you so much for your time, both of you, uh, specifically mm -hmm. Aves, and uh, looking forward to your next book. And when, when it's out, we would like to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Fatma. And thank you, Arij, for joining in uh, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
Bye.